Good morning again and happy Memorial Day weekend. Now I know it's something of a tradition to have rain on Memorial Day in Arkansas and I'm glad that in this strange year we're having, this weekend is one tradition that Mother Nature continues to respect. And we're in the final Sunday of Easter season. Next week is Pentecost Sunday with the arrival of the tongues of fire and the miracle of hearing in different languages. And this past Thursday we observed the Feast of the Ascension. So there's a lot going on right now. And it's easy to overlook this final Sunday of Easter time, which I think would be a shame because there's much to treasure this Sunday. It starts with the first reading from the book of Acts, all the way back to the first chapter. And it's Jesus' first appearance to the disciples. He appears to them, and the first thing they ask is something along the lines of, are we going to get our empire back? Are we finally going to push the nasty Romans out and, and regain power? Not the question I imagine that the resurrected Christ would have liked to hear from his closest disciples. Had they missed the point he was making during his time on earth, that the kingdom of God is, is unlike any kind of human power? Isn't the lesson of the cross and the resurrection that, that God's power overcomes any weak attempt at earthly power? then and, and also now. You see, it's still easy to forget that. Jesus tells them instead of, of another kind of power they will receive, the power of the Holy Spirit. And with that, they'll have the power to witness to him to the ends of the earth and to do so much more. Then they watch him ascend into the clouds, fixing their gazes skyward for, for what may seem to be like a little too long. To the point that two men in white robes, angels maybe, we're not told, ridicule him a little bit. This Jesus you have, who has been taken from you up into heaven will come again in the same way you saw him go. The miracles of the resurrection and ascension are followed by the promise for return. How much of our deepest hopes are pinned on that return and have been for centuries? They then go back to the apostles and other believers huddled in the upper room. That same room that was the site of Jesus' last supper. That same room where Thomas sees and believes. There's so much going on in that upper room that, that I'm surprised we don't have a bunch of church of the upper rooms scattered around the world. Such a concentration of the miraculous happened there that, that underpins so much of our beliefs today. The taking of the sacrament like Jesus did at the Last Supper. The bodily resurrection, Jesus' appearance behind the closed doors. The promise of believing, like what Thomas and the other apostles explained. In today's reading, the upper room serves as the site of what we might be called the very first church service. They are gathered together in prayer, in fellowship with one another. It's men and women joined together in worship. The resurrected Jesus had just been the past 40 days with them, and now that he's gone, they come together in prayer, in fellowship, and in worship, like we do. Although when we are finally able to come back together in that fellowship and prayer and worship, I think we'll be much more appreciative of just how life-giving those weekly gatherings can be. I know I will. The craziness of the lobby just before a service where greetings are shouted across the room, our attempt to quiet the room with a, the Lord be with you, and 
and then a prayer. The choir in their blue robes, laughing with familiarity just before processing in. The processional itself. By my count, this is the 11th Sunday since we last gathered in person. 77 days. A big chunk of Lent. Holy all of Easter. I know I'll appreciate every detail so much more than I could have before, because we've had a take in things. It won't be the same. Whatever church looks like in the future, I know it's going to be life-giving. We're not together, physically at least. And despite what some ambitious politicians would have us believe, there's not a clear end in sight. It's easy to lose hope. And as, it, and as if on cue, we have the epistle reading from 1 Peter to, to help us out. He opens with, Beloved, do not be surprised at the fiery ordeal that is taking place among, among you to test you, as though something strange were happening to you. Now that resonates more strongly than it might have 11 weeks ago. It does feel like we're being tested. And it certainly is a strange ordeal. The reading follows with, But rejoice insofar as you're sharing Christ's sufferings, so that you may be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. At a time when we're all getting a little bit antsy to get back to normal, the words of 1 Peter urge us to stay with him, to persevere, no matter how dark it may seem, because we are both sharing in Christ's suffering and will participate in his glory. We are called to cast all our anxiety on Christ because he cares for us. There's plenty of anxiety. So we cast all of it, we cast all of it on Christ. We are called to be steadfast in our faith, knowing that our brothers and sisters around the world are undergoing the same kind of suffering. And this part of the reading is tailor-made for a pandemic, with worldwide cases of coronavirus topping 5 million and close to 100,000 deaths in this country. And this prayer ends with a message of hope. And after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself restore, support, strengthen, and establish you. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. These words have comforted believers in times of darkness for millennia, and they are just as comforting today. God will restore, support, strengthen, and establish us. It may look and feel a little bit different, but it will happen. Restore, support, strengthen, establish. Amen indeed. Well, today's Acts and First Peter reading talk about power and glory. Likewise, glory and glorification are central to today's Gospel reading from John. Jesus is finishing his final discourse just before his passion and crucifixion. And he moves into prayer. This prayer is directed to the Father, and the disciples hear it as well. He calls on their Father to draw him to him, so that both may be glorified. Eternal life is now available, not in some future time, but now. And it's in knowing God and Jesus Christ whom he sent that we receive eternal life. Jesus' work at that point is finished. The disciples believe in the truth, 
the proof of Jesus' word. And finally, Jesus closes the prayer with a request. His final wish before his death is not for his own protection, but for ours. It's a final selfless, humble act. Holy Father, protect them in your name that you've given me, so that they may be as one as we are one. Protect us in Christ's name, so that we may be as one as the Father and the Son are one. If the intent of the first Peter reading is hope and comfort in a time of darkness, then Jesus' prayer in John is an even greater call to unity and to protection, to shelter from the storm. We have hope and comfort because we are united in shelter, sheltered in God's love, in God's truth. Now, this is Memorial Day weekend, and in addition to the tradition of reigning, we remember those who served in the military, especially those who died in the service. It's fitting that we hear readings about power and glory and protection when we think about those who've gone to the darkest places on our behalf. Today's words remind us that they did not die in vain, but in service of a higher ideal. Now, we may not be a perfect nation, and it's presumptuous to equate serving our country as serving God, although some would have it seen that way. That's mixing empires again, like the disciples in the opening of Acts. You know, how do we get our kingdom out? We may not be perfect, but at our best, we seek something greater, a higher ideal. I like to think that when we are at our best, we are like the disciples out in the field and in the reading in Acts, staring up at the sky after Jesus ascended into heaven. We look up and hold the gaze just a little too long because we know there's something better coming. The men in white robes remind us that Jesus you saw, just saw ascend will come in the same way. Something better is coming, and we have hope. We have hope. We give thanks to those who've given themselves to help us stand here today, to help us hope. Amen.